Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. It's time to play like a jet. With your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Here they come on third and five. Wilson. Boy, somehow escapes. He's going to run for it. Plenty of green grass. Wilson stays in bounds. He's still going. And he's in. Touchdown. Zach Wilson pulling a magic trick. Down the middle, he's got it. Elijah Moore. The 20. The 10. The 5. Touchdown. Two is buried. That was Sauce Gardner. Here he goes! Goodbye and hello Enzo! And Dyke swarmed, swallowed, and sacked. Guess who? You only got one guess. Jermaine Johnson. Here's Brees Hall looking for history. Hall with his 24th straight game with a rushing touchdown into the NCAA record books. Listen. Thank you. From the playlikeajet.com digital studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at playlikeajet1. And it is Labor Day weekend, which means it's time for a mega mailbag. And boy, do we have a lot to talk about since the Jets have gone through the process now and have their 53-man roster. Not set in stone because it's always subject to change, but at least we've got the first incarnation of it. So to answer some questions from the mailbag, we bring in our friend, who is the co-owner over at JetsXFactor.com, where he also produces 64-hour film reviews regularly of every player on the Jets, sometimes 65 or 66 hours if he's feeling frisky. Joe Blewett. Joe, what's up, brother? Uh, yeah, I have a problem. I was just I was just thinking about recording a uh, show on Chaz Surratt for a practice squad guy, so <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see on that, but uh, I'm just patiently waiting here to see some some roster changes and a guy like Marquise Blair at the same position. I keep picturing you at a meeting standing up and saying, my name is Joe and I have a problem. And then they say, how long have you been an alcoholic? And you say, alcoholic, what are you talking about? I just watch way too much film. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think my wife would welcome me going to meetings and cutting down on the film. So you might be right. <laughs> F.A. Film Anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I'll look into it. Joe, before we start answering questions, I want to get into who the Jets signed to their practice squad. Chris Strebler, that was the big one. I was waiting for that. Bradley and I, glad he's back. 
Jonathan Marshall, still think he has some upside, so it's good that he's here. Tantal Smart, whose film I know that you really liked. Tarek Black, Irvin Charles, Kenny Aboa, Hamza Nasraldine, DQ Thomas, Will Parks, Chris Glazer, Grant Hermans, and Chaz Surratt is the only one that they've brought in from outside the guys that they had here. So clearly there were quite a few players that they let go of that they wanted to hang on to. I think this is a list that's fairly expected, and most of these guys will be welcomed back with open arms. Also, Vinny Curry, it appears, is probably headed for IR. That's what Robert Salas said. So that could open up another spot on the active roster. Maybe one of the guys that was signed to the practice squad gets bumped up. And Joe, this one just came out as well. Calvin Jackson added to the practice squad too. So really glad that he sticks around in addition to the players that we just mentioned. Yeah, I like Calvin Jackson, to be, to be honest, and there's no reason to lie, which that is like one of the things that people hammer you on in my line of work. Like, to be honest, well, why are you not being honest? But nonetheless, <laughs> just uh, with, with Calvin Jackson, I think that's 13 out of 16 spots filled, and obviously there's going to be plenty of fluctuate, fluctuations throughout the season. I'm assuming like only half these guys will really stick on uh, the team or the, or the practice squad, but Calvin Jackson's a guy, I, personally, I would like to see over uh, Jeff Smith on the roster. Um, he had two really good, and I don't, I have to rewatch the, the last game-winning um, corner route that he had, but the first one was really, really nice just in terms of, you know, how he stemmed the guy with the shuffle release, stacked him. Um, nice, nice hand usage to, to, to clear uh, the defender's horrors off the plane, stack him, uh, use the peak technique inside, broke outside, uh, touchdown. It was really, really nice, um, and he and he has been impressing, so I'm, I'm happy he's on the practice squad because I think eventually he could be, um, you know, wide receiver five or six, and uh, Mims is hopefully five, Just Smith is six, so maybe he can – he can overtake that spot. So uh, worthwhile UDFA uh, relatively, you know, I'm not going to say it's like high, high physical upside because he, I think he is pretty short, uh, but just in terms of his explosion, the way he moves, I, I think he's a capable uh, NFL receiver. So I'm, I'm definitely happy to see him back because I, I think he's one of those, I think he's one of the, up, one of the more upper tier guys we have on the practice web. But yeah, the, the names are kind of expected. Shreveler, we expected. Uh, Tyreek Black was pr- actually pretty impressive to me in, in the preseason. Um, you know, a, a bigger body guy who I, I think has some good movement skills, so I like that. Uh, Irv Charles made some good plays last game. Obviously, most notably the play on the uh, the two minute drive that Trevor led, where he broke like two tackles to get out of bounds. That was a really nice play by by Irv Charles. So fine with that one. Yaboa, you know, physical upsides there. Um, you know, he seemed to be a little bit better of a blocker this year than last year. But again, being transparent, so like I focus on every single play. Uh, then complete com- transparency that I really focus on. Chris Glazer, Grant Hermans, the offensive lineman for one play this preseason? No. So, okay, whatever. Uh, Anai is a good ad. I really expected him to be uh, scooped up, but he was obviously very productive. But the thing is with these guys, like, listen, again, you know, we could we could type in the stats, but they are beating second and, and third string guys. Like, there's even some plays by Huff that I looked at. I'm like, okay, yeah, impressive. But if that was against a good tackle, uh, it probably wouldn't have worked. So, Anai was probably a little bit overhyped, but still, he deserves at least to be on the practice squad. Um, maybe, if not the active roster, you know, some point in the season. Uh, Marshall is a nice one. You know, obviously high upside. RAS score had a few nice plays this preseason, uh, but not necessarily ready for the, for the big lights. When, uh, when he was in the game uh, last year, he didn't impress me really at all. So I think it's a long way to develop. Townsville Smart, like you said, Scott, I like his, his film. Um, really good preseason last year, really game, really good game one of preseason this year. He just didn't necessarily follow it up games two and three. He was definitely more quiet. So a little bit disappointed with Tanzel Smart in the, uh, in the recent two games, but still happy they added him. Uh, Hamsa getting added. 
Uh, this is a guy who we were both high on, Scott, and, and we both mm-hmm. acknowledge that while we were both high on him, he had a long way to develop. You know, he was a raw safety, so you're putting a raw safety to linebacker to play. He's super, super raw, so he's a long way to develop um, because, like, I, the play I just broke down kind of of, of Sherwood, Hamza doesn't necessarily have the smarts yet. So a uh, physical upside player, so perfect for the practice squad. Uh, past that, we have Chaz Surratt, who was, what, a third-round pick of last year, another guy moving from quarterback to linebacker. Uh, so it's going to take him a few years. Obviously surprising that he got cut, but you have a new regime there in Minnesota. So they're getting rid of some of the, I guess, the dead weight from the last regime or at least what they consider dead weight. So uh, another high physical upside bet. DQ Thomas, uh, one of the bigger, air quotes, bigger UDFA signings of the Jets this year. Okay, whatever. Didn't really notice him in a good way or a bad way in the preseason. He had a couple of good tackles in this game, but that were, again, more, not good tackles, but they were the more of the, expected tackles, the ones you're supposed to make, that if you don't make them, they're bad plays. Uh, but if you make them, again, expected. Uh, and then Will Parks, again, you know, a guy that the, the players clearly like, the coaching staff clearly likes, but a guy who's probably being overrated by fans. But again, for a game or two, if, the, if you have to call him up to be your fourth safety, I'm not uncomf- I'm not as uncomfortable with him as I would be with a uh, Redwine, Gerard Wilson, you know, Antonio Allens of the past, whoever we've had. So uh, I like the Will Park said, and again, clearly a guy that the locker room and the coaching staff likes. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Let's start the mailbag by answering a question from AJ Tranzano. He says, was there anybody from another team you thought the Jets should have considered signing or claiming? Knowing the final 53, what do you think the final record prediction will be? Will the Jets win a Super Bowl in the next five to ten years? I'm getting old. I'd like to see one in my lifetime. Well, it's a little premature to answer that part of the question. As far as 
players from other teams that the Jets could have claimed. There were a few safeties, but remember, Anthony Harris, Jaquiski Tart, veterans who are not subject to waiver claims. So those are guys that definitely would have been at the top of the list for the Jets. I was looking around at different players, and there were guys on the margin they could have claimed. Obviously, Tyler Johnson is the big one, but they couldn't get him because he got claimed by Houston. And the Jets are pretty well stocked at wide receiver anyway. But honestly, other than Marquise Blair, who's had injury issues, although he does have talent and versatility, there weren't a ton of guys that I looked at and said, yeah, the Jets really got to get this guy. Yeah, in terms of the the pickups, like, I like the fact that they that they got Chaz Seraph. There was nobody that they necessarily that was out there that I felt like was an immediate upgrade at linebacker. So to to claim them and and to assume that they would be the the fourth or fifth guy at linebacker, uh, I didn't really see that out there. The offensive lineman, um, there are some guys out there that we know the names like Wyatt Davis, but obviously he, he's disappointed so far throughout his NFL career. Um, and he also plays interior, which we, the Jets are pretty you know stacked at the, the, the backup interior line right now. Um, so I don't, I didn't see many tackles. I didn't see many defensive tackles. I didn't see um, many safeties, like you said, minus Blair, that were worth uh, claiming. So I'm hoping that there's still some free agents out there uh, that the Jets are, are considering signing, whether that be you know an Eric Fisher or a Brandon Shell, um, who people always get on me for for wanting Brandon Shell, but Brandon Shell is is much lesser of an evil than not having a backup tackle or, or having to play, you know, Max Mitchell. Um, significant reps this year if, if they were to, to suffer an injury there. So um, not too much out there, but I'm still definitely hoping for a move or two um, through some of the some, some of the veteran guys. What's most important, though, Joe, is that Strevler Mania continues to run wild since he's back on the practice squad. Yeah, it's nice to see. Obviously, too, you, you have a bunch of these players coming out there and uh, believing in the Strevler magic and tweeting out um, – you know, praise of the guy and in interviews praising the guy. So it's nice to see that he's going to be on the, on the backup uh, or on the practice squad. And it also helps them to uh, practice for some mobile quarterbacks, you know, obviously seeing guys like Lamar Jackson. And in no way am I comparing uh, Lamar Jackson to Strubler, but I also think he gives you a much more realistic look at Lamar Jackson than, say, a very immobile Joe Flacco or Mike White. Next question comes in from Tim. He says, how surprised are you guys that the Jets didn't move Denzel Mims? Do you think he'll get traded at some point down the line? And do you think this has a chance to end well, or is it going to get ugly at some point? So I'm not super surprised that Denzel Mims is still here. Just because he asked for a trade doesn't mean the Jets had to trade him. I had a feeling that Joe Douglas wasn't going to get what he thought was fair value for Denzel Mims. And remember, what's fair value for Joe Douglas, who likes Mims a lot, and what's fair value for a lot of these teams, who I'm sure think that Mims has some upside, but if you're looking at it objectively, 31 catches in two seasons, had all those issues last year where he got sick, then he was hurt, then he had trouble catching passes, then he was getting called for penalties. How much are you willing to give up for a guy like that? In the end, Andy Vasquez nailed this when he was on the show. He said he didn't think Mims was going to get traded because in order for the Jets to trade him, they'd have to practically give him away. They weren't going to want to do that, and so he ends up staying here. And remember, if you look at the Jets' receiving core, Corey Davis is the only one they have that provides significant size. So if they were to trade Mims... They would have only had Davis in that regard. Now they still have Mims. And remember also, Davis himself was hurt last year. He has a history of injuries. Elijah Moore was hurt last year. So the Jets need quality depth. And I'm sure it's frustrating for Denzel Mims, but he's got to take advantage of opportunities when they come. I think Andy also nailed it when he said that Denzel Mims isn't given a lot of chances, but when he does, he doesn't cash in on them. He doesn't get breaks, but he doesn't make his own breaks either. And that's something that has to change. But I think that Denzel Mims is still too talented, 
to straight up give up on. I'd rather have him here than deal him away for a fifth or sixth round pick. So if they weren't going to be able to get at least a fourth rounder, it was in the Jets' best interest to keep him and see if they could work him in and tap some of his potential. That's what they're going to do. And ultimately down the line, maybe he gets in there, he flashes, and he has more value, and the Jets can trade him at the trade deadline or at the end of the season for something more than what they could have gotten now. So that's why I think it makes complete sense that he's still here. I'm not totally surprised. I don't think it's going to get ugly. Mims doesn't seem like that type of player. I'm sure he's not going to be thrilled about it if he isn't getting used a lot. But he's not one to make a massive fuss. I know his agent went out there and requested a trade, but it's not like you've heard about him being some sort of locker room problem. He's always been a quiet kid. That was his reputation at Baylor. So I'm not worried about him stirring the pot or anything like that. I'm just hoping for the best. I hope that he gets opportunities, he goes out there, makes the most of them, and either gets more playing time here or gets a better opportunity elsewhere, which in turn earns the Jets a higher draft pick than what they would have gotten if they'd have dealt him now, at which point they would have had to practically hand him away for free. Yeah, yeah. What point are you trading him away for like nothing where like, like a fifth round pick? Like are we really we would really would we really rather have a fifth round pick? Let's say it ends up being, you know, a pinnock. Like look at what happened to, I, I'm a pinnock was a fifth or a sixth. Let's say he's a fifth. Like those guys don't make the teams plenty often, so I, I think like a fourth is what you'd you'd hope for. Like if you could do like the Herndon deal, let's say like, like a seventh and Mims for a fourth, maybe they do that. And honestly, maybe he didn't help himself in the preseason game. Like it was kind of the talk of, of Twitter, like, oh, you know, up the trade value with a good preseason game, which I kind of think is, is overstated in general. Like he has all this tape and all these years, you think one preseason game is really going to change people's opinion? Probably not. But maybe the Jets were sitting on like a fifth round pick and like, hmm, maybe. And they had that game, like, okay, maybe not. You know, so maybe he kind of hurt himself in that game because like it's it it, it that game almost plays like it almost shows me more that it, it is a mental thing with him. Um it almost like confirms it because some of the routes he was running, he just ran them better with more pace. Like there was a, a I, I think they were both fades, but like slot fades, but like he ran a slot fade this game, had a touchdown. Uh obviously the the route was run pretty nicely. Uh, separated at the end, got his both feet in bounds. They ran it with good pace. He he uh, he sent the guy well, got outside. Uh, he would have been even more open. There was another defender that wasn't necessarily involved in the play, but Denzel Mims had to kind of widen his track and kind of determine what was happening with that. So he'd have been more open um, without that other defender. Um, but nonetheless, if you compared that, like slot fade to a slot fade he ran early in the preseason, he just ran it like 10 times better. So to me, it th- this last preseason game, Again, almost confirms that he's just like tapped out sometimes. Like he, listen, I don't like to like say this, but he might just be a little bit soft mentally. Like the fact that they brought in receivers and now like he gets he gets discouraged and doesn't learn the playbook and doesn't try as hard, whatever it is. Because like there are like Scott, you break it down more than I do with this stuff, but like you can see the the media quotes, like how they talk about this guy. Like they they even said like he's a much farther along this year, but still doesn't know the whole playbook. Um, whereas they were talking about Calvin Jackson a few weeks ago and were praising him for knowing the whole playbook. Calvin Jackson just got here this offseason. Mims has been here for two years. So, um, but with that all, that all being said, he does have mass, massive physical upside. Like we, we saw this guy get drafted. We said the physical upside, he could be easily a number one or two receiver on the team just, just based on his, his traits. So maybe this motivated him a little bit. Maybe, maybe you stack this game with giving him more reps in week one, two, three, and he builds up from there because, listen, you know, the most ideal situation is Mims is what we thought he was coming out of college. He replaces Corey Davis next year because he, he is a, he is a freak. Um, 
So I, I'm more willing to bet on Mims figuring it out than taking a fifth-round pick that most likely won't work out. And if it does work out, it'll be a depth guy or, or a special teamer. Next question comes in from the Manton 187. He says, who's starting outside next to C.J. Mosley? Is it going to be Quan Alexander or Quincy Williams? Quincy seems to get lost too much in coverage, and I'm not convinced his football IQ is better than Quan's, who is a legit veteran at this point. Yeah, I'd be surprised if it's not Quan Alexander barring injury. Yeah, to me, it's it's they want Quincy to, to start. Like The Jets are going to give him every opportunity to start because he's the guy who's, what, 25, 26 years old who could be you know, part of this team for a couple of years, whether that be as like a third or fourth linebacker, hopefully when the Jets eventually do upgrade the linebacking um, core. But with that said, I, I think Quan will will outdo him. Obviously, we've seen him a, a few times pop in preseason, obviously the, the most in the last game where he absolutely lit up whoever the hell that was, but sent him flying fumble. It was, it was a great play. I just, I think he's overall a better linebacker, better in the run. I think he's more confident in, in coverage and what he's seeing and how to pass off. You know, the three to the two and the two to the one and all that stuff that we talk about with, with the zone matching. Um, whereas Quincy, yeah, he'll have that one highlight play, but then he'll also follow it up with two or three plays where you're kind of scratching your head and wondering what the guy is doing. So I like the potential of Quincy as more of a long-term uh, backup role player for this team, where I think Quan is more of like a low-tier starter. Um, so if it were me, I, I would I would like to see Quan, and I think the Jets eventually uh, do stick Quan into that starting role. And I would assume that is by week one. Next question comes in from Fergus Ob1. He says, "Do JD and Salah keep their jobs next season if Zach Wilson fails this year?" Yes, probably, unless it's incredibly bad. If it goes off the rails the entire season and Zach Wilson is horrible, then I could see a scenario where maybe Joe Douglas and Robert Sala are in big trouble. But unless something like that happens, I think they're both back next year. But of course, if it goes very badly this year and they're back for 2023, they will definitely be on the hot seat then. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking more towards the next year where they where they could be on the hot seat and like to me, for Joe Douglas, the you know there's a few moves we can quibble about whether that be like last year not bringing in the tight ends or last year back to quarterback or maybe this year with the safety position to start the season if it is if it looks like the way the way it does. Um, but for the most part, ninety percent of what Joe Douglas does, I I agree with his process and and Zach Wilson was the right pick at the time he was picked. So if he doesn't work out, I don't. I, it's not because. Joe Douglas made a bad pick or he reached on a quarterback or he didn't surround him with enough talent. We're all seeing the talent, you know, that the Jets have. And, and obviously getting seven guys picked up by the rosters kind of speaks to at least the depth that, that Joe Douglas has built on this team. I think they have solid depth. I think they have the, the, the low tier guys, the mid tier guys. I just think they need some more, you know, star players to really bring the roster to, to, like, to that next step where they're actually um, competing for, for a Super Bowl. So, uh, Douglas, I agree with a lot of what he's done. So I really don't see him being being on the hot seat. I, I legitimately think he would have um, the opportunity to draft another quarterback. And maybe I'm crazy. I just have seen really, really bad GMs in, in my life as a Jets fan. And I don't think Joe Douglas is, is one of them. Um, but I do see Salah being not necessarily on the hot seat and not this year. Um, I severely doubt even after a really bad year, you know, whether you know the three wins, four wins, five wins, I legitimately doubt that happens unless they have catastrophic injury, which can you blame the coach on uh, for injury? I, I don't necessarily think you can. It seems like he's taking every kind of cautious approach you possibly can in practice to keep these guys healthy, but sometimes you get to, you know, the, the unfortunate draw. So um, I, I doubt the Jets are going to win three, four, five games. I really see like the floor as, as six, maybe five. And I still don't think that gets him fired. So, you know, uh, no hot seat this year. But I, I think Salah could start to feel it uh, a little bit if they uh, struggle in 2023. We're not seeing them compete 
uh, at least for the playoffs next year. Now, this year we want them to compete for the playoffs, but at the end of the day, if they win six or seven games, I think we understand 2023, there's absolutely no excuse where they, where they should not be um, competing or even in the playoffs. That's going to wrap up part one of the Labor Day weekend mega mailbag. Really appreciate Joe Blewett coming on and joining me to answer some questions. Joe, thanks so much. Make sure that you follow Joe on Twitter and go over to JetsXFactor.com and watch all his insanely long but very thorough, entertaining, and informative film reviews. They're all there. Check out everything we're doing over at PlayLikeAJet.com and the Play Like a Jet YouTube channel. The Thunder from Down Under, Mr. Luke Grant, has got some All-22 breakdowns, some fantastic ones at that, of the entire Jets 2022 rookie draft class. So make sure that you watch those and subscribe to our channel if you haven't already. YouTube.com slash PlayLikeAJet. Visit our store, tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. We've got the John Franklin Myers, Quentin Williams, Bless You, Thank You shirt, the Zach Says Go Long shirt, the Zach the Ripper shirt, the Play Like a Jet logo shirt, caps, mugs, hoodies, it's all there, tpublic.com. That's T-E-E-Public.com. And be sure to give us a five-star review for the podcast on iTunes if you haven't done that already. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you can go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcast, and content you know where to go that's play like a jet digital and play like a jet.com anatomy of an ad subconsciously trigger emotions through music perfect define an opportunity imagine talking to millions of people across the u.s like i am now identify a problem creating an audio ad is time consuming offer a solution utilize cutting edge ai imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did to create this ad. 
To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.